Welcome to the Bad Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Carter, and we're so glad that you have tuned in with us today. If you're listening along on Spotify, then a big welcome and hello to you. And if you're viewing this on YouTube, then I hope you leave a like if you find today's episode to be a good one. If you're new to the podcast and we encourage you to subscribe today, you have now joined the Bad Fan Podcast. We're so glad that you have. Um, but I can't do this thing alone. I'm joined by my good friends, Stephen Curl and Brandon Pates. Nick, we're going to bring them in. Guys, how are we doing? How was your weekend? Pretty good. Pretty good. I had uh, Taco Bell for the first time in uh, six years, I think. Wow. Um, so if that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But it, it surprisingly hit the spot. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I haven't gone and ordered at a Taco Bell since October 5th, 2012. Steven, do you know what happened on that fateful day in Atlanta? Or Brandon? 2012? Even? I don't. Late on me. That would be the St. Louis Cardinals, Atlanta Braves, Enfield Fly, Wildcard. So I can't game. do this podcast right now. So, uh... <laughs> Anyway, Steven, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. I, too, uh, went down the, the fast food route. I was left alone for dinner, I think, on Saturday, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get cookout. This is what I'm going to mm. do. Um, you know, it, it didn't disappoint, but then it disappointed maybe a few hours later. Some regrets. Yeah, yeah that that's just how it goes. That's one of the places I miss. Route. You know, they don't have it up here in Ohio. Uh, maybe they I – I wonder how far north they do have it, though. Maybe like North Probably because all you guys something. eat healthy up there, right? maybe not no (laughs) that's what brendan moved there to do is to help people be more healthy potentially yes um anyways it's good to hear from you guys good to have the boys back together um but together you guys as the viewer and the listener um are going to join us we take a journey through the world of sports giving you an informative rundown on the headlines that you need to know and discussing our views that may go against the grain of normal fans um but boys we're going to begin our journey together today with some headlines as we always do um the biggest story i think from the weekend wasn't even from sports um but did y'all see what happened in the oscars on sunday night the big moment between will smith and chris rock i saw it on twitter last night like as i was going to bed (laughs) i couldn't tell last night if it was like real or fake i had no idea (laughs) steve did you see it uh, not live, no. But I woke up this morning on my Twitter, my Twitter feed, and I said something happened last night. <laughs> that thing was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen on TV. So glad it happened. Obviously, Will Smith is an idiot for doing it, um, but Chris Rock took that thing to the chin like a UFC fighter would take a foot to the chin. Like he he absorbed that thing and recovered pretty well. Um, but if y'all haven't heard of them, uh, John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y, did a pretty good YouTube breakdown on it. I encourage you guys to go check that out, but so funny. And that's just another reason why the Oscars have sucked for so long is that there's not really anything good to watch about it. Um, but <laughs> Will Smith made sure to bring some entertainment value for sure. Um, beyond that kind of lazy headline, uh, last week the Kansas City Chiefs uh, made a big move. I don't think anyone a month ago would have seen this happening. But they traded six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. So for five draft picks, so that's a 2022 first-round pick. So that's the number 29 pick for the Chiefs. Uh, a second-round pick, which will be the 50th pick, and then a fourth-round pick plus fourth and fifth-round, fourth and sixth-round picks in the 2023 draft. So 
That's a lot. Um, and on top of that, the Dolphins are giving Tyreek Hill the extension he couldn't get in Kansas City, which I think is a big reason why he moved to Miami. Uh, that's a four-year deal, $120 million extension. So that's including $72.2 million guaranteed and also about $52 million at signing. So that doesn't include bonuses, like incentives. Like That's a lot of money. That's a huge deal. That makes Tyreek Hill the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. Mm. Brandon, is this a good move for Kansas City to let him go like that? Oh, um, that's tough. I, you know, I'm sure they had to weigh a lot with that first round pick. I'm sure they could get a a young star if they're looking to fill Tyreek's, you know, now void. Um, but that's that's a risk right there, right? Like you have Tyreek Hill, who's the best probably at his position in the NFL, and he just brings such a different level to the Kansas City Chiefs, just a different avenue that they could kill you with. Um, I don't think it's a great move, but what they got in return is a lot, and they, you know, I don't know how much they have to pay out of his contract. I don't think anything. So, ooh, it's it's a tough say, but I think it's, it's a bad move and a good move. Can that be possible? <laughs> I think so. It's definitely not a favorable move from the fans. Steven, he's probably going to be available in our fantasy draft this season. Is he still worth taking if he's in Miami? I mean, he's the court. Is it Tua down there, right? Tua. Yeah. I mean, that's just fun. That, you know, someone in our league will figure over that. I mean, that sounds fun to me. It could be really good or really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, a move like that on that kind of money. And Tyreek Hill has been insane when he's on the field. Um, if you can avoid any off-field issues. But, the cheetah, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, you get the ball. Get the ball in his hands. He'll just make it happen. Whether it's a two-yard pass or a 60-yard bomb, I think he'll still be fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, he's just sort of one of those playmakers where – you know, you give him any inch of space and he'll break away and go 75 yards down the field. So he definitely has it. It depends if Tua has it. Tua is going to be the one, I think, defining that offense, not as much Tyreek Hill. Um, But guys, beyond those headlines, March Madness is already starting to begin to wind down. I mean, we're only, man, a couple days until April. So it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but over the weekend, the Elite Eight happens, and the Final Four is coming up in New Orleans. Um, but Villanova, one of the big matchups, took down Houston. A really low-scoring affair. It was only 50-44 to 44, um, to secure their spot. Brandon, what are some of the thoughts on Villanova? You know, I think – I know we're going to do predictions at the end of this, so I won't say it, but they're, they're, they're very good. Um, they're probably the best defensive team left in the tournament. Um, they play really good team offense, but also can take, you know, take you one-on-one. They're not afraid to do that as well. Um, they play really slow so they can sort of dictate the pace of the game, which is, you know, I'm sure that comes from their, their coach, Jay Wright, who, um, is very experienced as well. Um, they shoot well, they're good from the free throw line. Um, like I said, you can never underestimate the combination of experience and good coaching, uh, with Jay Wright. So, Really, really good team, um, but unfortunately, and you hate to see this, um, the all-Big East guard, Justin Moore, tore his Achilles late in that game. Um, so he will not be playing. He's out indefinitely. Um, so that's, that's a really big loss for them, obviously. Um, yeah, it's tough. 
That is tough. You never like to see anyone go down. I'm sure Steven has lots of opinions on college basketball right now, right? Yes, I do. I do. Um, yeah, I really think Georgia State against North Carolina this uh, this <laughs> oh coming up. Gosh. Are they out the tournament? Yeah, we're out yeah. the tournament, and our head coach uh, just left the team. So, dang sore yeah. subject. I missed a little bit then, probably. <laughs> uh, well, to the team that Villanova will be playing, um, after trailing at halftime, Kansas comes back, having a huge offensive explosion in the second half to beat Miami 76-50. to 50. So that's a huge margin of victory to mm-hmm. book their ticket to the Final Four. Um, we talked about him last week, but Bill Self, another coach who has had a long tenure, been around the block for a long time. Uh, but this Kansas team showed why they are a one seed. Um, they're not soft like <clears throat> Gonzaga, I think. Brandon, you agree on that? Yeah, I was warning you guys, Gonzaga's soft. I'm sorry <laughs> George, if you had Georgia them winning State it. exposed them. <laughs> yeah, man. They they really only have two good players, and it's a seven-foot-one guy and a, a really good guy in Timmy. Um, Who has a mustache and a hairband to keep his hair up. He looks like, like he could be 35. Should be playing in the office <laughs> basketball league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're soft. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, but that will be a good matchup. Um, Kansas versus Villanova. Those are two teams that, you know, Villanova won in 2018 on that big buzzer beater. And then Kansas, a perennial, you know, uh, what's it? A blue blue chip team. Yeah, powerhouse. Um, So, yeah, that'll be a really fun matchup to watch. I'm sure a lot of people probably had that one in the books. But I think this next one we probably didn't see as much, at least from one team. Uh, but Duke earned another spot in the Final Four. So this is uh, Coach Chevsky's last season. Uh, but they took down Arsenal's, uh, Arsenal. Arsenal. Arkansas. <laughs> wow. I'm on a different level tonight. <laughs> they took down Arkansas 78-69. Um, Brandon, what was the story in that one? Nice. Cole was having some ice cream before he got on, so he might oh, be drunk man. on some of that, <laughs> that ice cream. I'm chocolate drunk. Oh, yeah. Chocolate wasted. Chocolate wasted. Uh, <laughs> old. That's old. Um, but this is the story we want to see, right? Coach K in his final season, uh, potentially winning the whole thing. Um, that would just be something amazing to witness, almost like you know Peyton Manning winning in his last year. Um, stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's just nice. It's just good to have. Um, and the last time they won, it was in 2015. Um, so they might be due. Yeah. Um, and they do have a great story to back it up. So who knows, but they, they played a really good game against a, another solid Arkansas team. Um, and they're, they're in the final four. Yeah. Well, the saddest story is the Cinderella one that had to come to an end. Uh, the St. Peter's Peacocks, they came up short against North Carolina, you know, it's always sad to see those those little guys lose. I think some people were dreaming of a Final Four appearance for them, but North Carolina stopped them short, winning uh, 69 to 49. Um, so they earned the last spot in the Final Four and setting up the first ever meeting, I believe, in the tournament's history between North Carolina and Duke, which that is an insane matchup. I think a lot of people thought the one, it's a couple games less than the regular season where they played and Coach K lost to North Carolina pretty handily at home. Um, so this will be an awesome opportunity for him to get redemption to get to the final. But on the other side of it, North Carolina is like an eight seed right now. If they could get to the final as an eight seed, that would also be an incredible story. Um, Brandon, what's going to happen in these last two games 
I guess three games if you include the championship. Right. I mean, look, North Carolina is arguably the hottest team right now. Um, they're shooting out of their minds and they're just playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like they are that eight seed that maybe shouldn't be there, but they're there and they're ready to go. Um, it's awesome. There's These are two historic teams. Um, probably the greatest college basketball rivalry. And um, it's going to be a really good one. Like you said, they had a great uh, game towards the end of the season. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of storylines. You just laid it out. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win, man. That's, it's going to be a tough one. Steven, I want your fake prediction. Then I want your real prediction. Uh, well, if you want to call it fake dogs by 90, probably. <laughs> um, no, I think I <laughs> <laughs> talking about Duke, North Carolina though. A final four yeah. finals, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, being, you know, how can you not be romantic about sports, right? I mean, mm. I think the Duke story is just something that um, they will know um, is special. What they're playing for is different than any a typical year with Chesky right. um, being his last year. Um, and so there's a little bit something more to play for that really no other team can kind of comprehend um, the legacy um, at that program. So that's me and my philosophical answer. But I think, yeah, I think they can um, – they can get it done. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and be like the fun fan. I'll be uh I won't go against the grain too much here. I'll say Duke gets it. Dang, do you see you know something about basketball? Yeah. You're not as yeah. impervious as you've made yourself out to be. I've watched like 10 minutes of uh ESPN <laughs> 30 for 30. <laughs> oh my, um, my prediction, man, I I I hate to vote like go against the story, but this North Carolina team is good, man. They, if they keep shooting the way they're shooting, I think it. I think you'll see a Kansas North Carolina final. <sighs> Could North Carolina do it? I think if North Carolina plays Kansas, Kansas will win it all. Rock chalk mm. Jayhawk. I have a, I have a a Jayhawk in my family, so um, it all comes down to that. Yeah, got to go with family, I guess. But but if it's Duke in Kansas, I think you know who I'm who I'm rooting for. I had Duke winning the whole thing in my bracket, so I'm sticking with that. Coach mm. K on the way out, storybook ending to an amazing story. I've got Duke beating Kansas. Um, I think two legendary head coaches. I think obviously all coaches are pretty legendary with those programs. Even um, the new UNC coach has been around a long time, so those guys are all deserving. Um, but Coach K, in my book, is the man who's going to take home the championship this season. Um, I think I initially had a, a Baylor versus Tennessee in my final. Um, so <laughs> that went really well. That, that, that didn't really work out <laughs> for me. Oh, my gosh. I think I have two of the four in my bracket. I wow. need to relook at it. I think I have two of the four. Um, anyways, over the weekend, we saw some other big sports news uh, go down. In particular, the U.S. men's national team played. Um, they had a really big game against Mexico. I think that was Thursday night. Um, that one ended in a 0-0 draw in the Azteca. Uh, a game that wasn't super entertaining, but ended up being a huge result for the U.S. Um, but they really, really, really conquered their demons on Sunday night. Um, those demons of 2018, when they missed the World Cup, when the, they thrashed Panama on Sunday. Uh, Christian Pulisic led the way for the Americans and the only way that he could provide, and that came in the form of a hat trick. I mean, 
if you saw that third goal, I think it was Anthony Robinson with the cross into the box. Mm-hmm. Christian just settles it in his feet. Uh, I think Meg's a defender and slots it into the side net. Uh, pretty amazing goal to finish off the hat trick. But uh, what's the breakdown from that game, boys? Yeah, that's his first ever international hat trick, by the way. You know, and the probably the biggest international game of his career, other than the one that he lost. Uh, I was about to say. So that's just amazing to see. Um, but yeah, the two defenders showing up again. Miles My- Robinson and Walker Zimmerman, man. Uh, Steve, you want to talk about him? Oh, yeah. You know, Walker Zimmerman won MLS Defender of the Year. I don't know if you <laughs> Never forget uh, it. Never I don't know if you uh, knew that. But, no, uh, the, the partnership between uh, Miles and Walker is something that the U.S. really needed. Um, not saying that they had question marks in going to World Cup qualifying. Um, you saw this drama with John Brooks, but they've been making us forget about John Brooks. Um, yeah, I believe I think they've had six clean sheets um, throughout this World Cup qualifying um, period when they start together. Uh, two goals conceded. Um, yeah, they're they're a very good partnership in the back, and two MLS guys too. Um, and a team yeah. of, you know, a lot of US fans, you know, crying out for um, death to MLS. I guess when it comes up top on the pitch, but on the backside, locking it down. Um, so yeah, they've been outstanding together. Yeah, they really have seven wins, one draw, no losses for the plus Huge. eighteen goal difference. Like Huge. that pairing will probably be the pairing when we go knock on wood to the world cup, um, which is sort of crazy to think about, right? Like two MLS yes. guys, um, but they do look solid back there. Um, and, you know, of course we're pulling for, for miles. who's Atlanta United then Walker. Who's actually from um, hometown where, kid. Yeah. From where we grew up. So sort of cool. Sort of cool. It is crazy. Uh, but the Dallas duo, they stayed hot. Uh, Jesus Ferreira and Paul Ariola. I mean, staying in form. I mean, they're looking mm. good. Jesus had the hat trick last week um, with Dallas, but him and Ariola both get on the score sheet um, looking really good. Uh, do you guys think that this is a fluke for them or they're just finding their confidence in the team and the national team? Uh, yeah, I, I really liked Ferreira um, up top. And, I, you know, we saw him, I believe, in that game in Columbus. Um, kind of looked a little lost. Um, yeah, he wasn't good. Yeah, he wasn't good, albeit whether he was playing a negative, I feel like, 10-degree weather. Uh, but no, uh, he, his movement looked really good. I think that's what Ferreira kind of brings um, to the team, this kind of false nine role, is his movement on and off the ball, um, as opposed to maybe you might have a Ricardo Pepe or Jordan Pifak up top. He's uh, he's kind of like that false nine role, and uh, when he has fantastic wingers to play off of, um, it goes well together, um, and he played fantastic um, this past Sunday. And even, you know, Paul Ariola coming back from this ACL injury, you know, a guy that was kind of a regular in the national team before, um, Greg Berhalter coming up and giving, you know, chances to guys like Paul Ariola, Aaron Long, um, kind of feels a little bit out of the blue <laughs> after not having a ton of game time this past, you know, year and a half or so. But, you know, Ariola put away a, a fantastic header, um, mm-hmm. all credit to him. Uh, not really you know it wasn't a fluke there was no mistake about it it was just a fantastic head of the ball so i mean if you're going to score goals which is something the united states did a lot and plenty on sunday um but has struggled with um throughout this qualifying uh period so i think if you're scoring goals you got to keep giving these guys reps brandon should the u.s 
continue to move forward with the false nine with Ferreira, or should they go back to those other options like Pepe and Pifak? It's a really good question, and I, I'll give Greg credit here and, and the coaching staff. They were very calculated this window. You know, you saw from the first minute against Mexico, they were playing conservative, maybe playing for a tie or maybe to nick it, and we should have won that game. You know, we should have won that game at least one nothing. Um, and then he changes tactics, like we saw against like Panama. It was very obvious things change, right? We are pressing from the front with our wingers rather than Jesus. So he was playing this false nine role, which is closer to his normal position. When we play him as striker, he's not very good. But when he's playing in this dropped role, like Stevens mentioned, um, this false nine, and you know, towards the, the more like attacking midfield. One, it frees up the midfield, like Luca De La Torre, to just be a little bit free. Um, but yeah, it just brings a different different avenue for us to get up the pitch, and um, doesn't depend on him to score to score the goals. I like it. I liked seeing that out of the team. You know, the difference in approaches. Um, and yeah, I think Greg took a, a page out of Gareth Southgate's book about being pragmatic. You know, going into the games, being very calculated. Uh, you know, it, it worked. We never looked like losing either of those games. Very, pretty solid mm. for the most part. Um, and, I mean, it's, 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 it's just really good to know that we have, we have a coach that's seeing the best parts of these different players and letting, and letting them go play those roles in the field. Um, I like Paul Ariola. He'll never start a World Cup game, but – Having that veteran presence in there, um, I think is good. I don't think he's as bad as people say he is. Um, and I, mean, I think he, he was involved in one of the biggest deals in MLS. I think people value him highly, but yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll see when it comes time to pick that team. You know, later in the year, but I wouldn't mind seeing him. I wouldn't mind seeing Ferreira, and if they keep up their their form in the MLS like they have so far, they'll definitely be on that plane. Yeah. Yeah. Something real quick I want to point out is, you know, something that was really fun to see this current window and it's still not over yet is um, Gio Reyna um, in the midfield. It initially wow. was announced in that forward position coming into the window, which is a little confusing. Uh, we've seen him play on the right before. Um, but in that Mexico game, he, if you haven't seen it yet, he has a ridiculous dribble um, so, from his half so good. all the way to the Mexico's half of the field. Or, yeah. You, st- you progressively think he can't do it, can he? And he just keeps <laughs> going. It ends up finally get stopped. But, but point being though, Brandon saying that Greg allowing these players to finally kind of like play in the roles, play more freely. Um, seeing that from Giovanni Reina, um, it was just so awesome to see in the midfield um, and going in and out and kind of having that uh, freedom. And so, you know, w- missing Weston McKinney and um, Brandon Aronson, what does the team look like when they come back? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's there's a lot of questions for this team still. Um, you know, Josh Sargent not getting any looks really um, towards these back few windows. I still think he's valuable on the team. Does he play on the wing? Does he play striker? There's so many question marks. Play both. To which, yeah, to which could impact players like, you know, people like Paul Ariola. Um, you know, does he make the camp? If Aronson makes the camp, different player profile. So I don't know, a lot, a lot to think about. But Reina, this window, um, a big winner, as well as Ferreira and Ariola. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on this team. You know, Greg's going to have a lot of eyes on him to decide, you know, what this roster is going to look like come December. 
Um, but obviously we still have to take care of business against Costa Rica, um, finishing off qualifying. You know, I think the worst thing that can happen is we lose what six to zero to not qualify. Um, officially, yeah. I think at that point we would potentially go to a playoff, which isn't the worst thing ever, but at this point we just need to make sure we get the result and make sure we get that instant qualification, um, with the result against Costa Rica, which should be pretty easy to come by, I think. Which by the way, we have never in Costa Rica ever in the history of world cup qualifying. We've never beaten so- it before. We've never beaten Costa Rica in Costa Rica in World Cup qualifying in the history of the U.S. Men's National Team program. So it'd be a great way to get that monkey off your back when you already have a six-plus goal differential. So Mm -hmm. hopefully some demons are broken for generations to come after this game. That would be awesome. And I'm not sure if you guys know, but I think our overall standing does sort of matter where we finish for the draw in the World Cup. I think it depends on, like, where you might get placed – I think so it actually might be important to still get that win for the draw i think in the world cup coming right yeah it, it places you in a, a certain pot depending on where you where you rank in your final standings i think um so that's also that some incentive that's some incentive to also still go and win more than just get you know the draw or the lose by one like you still want that win so you can get the better draw in that pot come mm-hmm. whatever november when they do it but um also something to think about um, they may not just mail this one in. They also might still have a great game in Costa Rica. Like you said, Stephen, get that monkey off your back and come into you know, the next uh, time together as a national team with some confidence. Um, but there were some other games beyond the U.S. Uh, Italy, guys, this is insane. Their fall from grace, two World Cups in a row, continues. They lost to North Macedonia in like the 87th minute or something like that. And that was just unreal. Did you guys see the result at the end? Just like the Macedonian fans going absolutely crazy and just the dejection dejection of the Italian players. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I saw I saw, saw Verratti just absolutely Devastated. broken down. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's I'm, it's it's just horrible to see, man. Like and they, they weren't in terrible form either. I think, Steve, what did you say? They had drawn four or something like that? Well, it was them going into the Euros in 2020. In World Cup qualifying, they had three wins going mm. into the Euros, in which they won. So coming out of the Euro Championship, which they won, um, yeah. they won one game and drew four after the Euros. Drawing four games to the likes of Bulgaria, Switzerland twice, and to Northern Ireland. They didn't lose, but coming out of the champion out of the Euros, that they only won one game in World Cup qualifying. And so they put themselves in that situation against North Macedonia. (laughs) That's crazy. And they should never be losing against North Macedonia. Let's just be completely clear. Never, ever, ever should they ever lose to North Macedonia. A great story for North Macedonia. I don't know if I guess they they're still alive. They could they could make it. If they're in the playoff. Cup. Yeah, I, I don't know what it looks like <laughs> if who they're playing, but I guess their hopes are still alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also think it's stupid that Italy won the Euros, which is the hardest tournament to win, and you don't get an automatic bid to the World yeah. Cup. That doesn't really make sense to me. But I get it. They're two different tournaments. You know, you have to win it. You know, win the stages like everybody else has to around the world. So. It's so sad. It's so sad for Italy. I like what you're saying there, though. Honestly, I think of the CONCACAF Gold Cup 
how much more would it mean to some of those CONCACAF teams? Maybe get an automatic bid. Maybe you do right. that. Same as that AFCON. Would... Yeah. You know, all the other. I guess the issue is because they're biannual. So they happen like every two years, I think. Because mm. I guess how would you determine like which one counts and so on? Um, but That's a good point. I do think Don't ask it's... those questions, Cole. I do <laughs> think that there should be some sort of like weight to it. Maybe it's like you get like a certain buy or something like that or – I don't know. Like you get some benefit of winning a tournament, but yeah, eight is a little bit surprising. I guess maybe because one is UEFA, one's FIFA. Those two don't interlink, and I guess especially like I don't mm. know if Afcon is FIFA related, Concacafs, and so on. So like we don't know what that. It's really much like. more so, complicated for sure, right? And there's so many yeah different factors to it. Um, yeah, but we'll see if Roberto Mancini stays around in Italy. I mean, it's the second time that he's failed to make the World Cup, but he won the Euros. Does he want to stay? Will the Italian Federation want him to stay? Um, I think I even saw rumors like Jorginho, um, Insignia. No, is Insignia who's um, a couple of the Italian strikers, basically. Like, they might retire from international football now oh. because what is there left to play for? Um, so that'll be interesting to see. So many different factors playing into this Italian team that is just in shambles. Um Incredible even to go sites. back, they didn't even the last World Cup that they did make, they didn't even make it to the knockouts too. And this is an Italy wow. team with the most World Cups than any. No, 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 no. I think Germany is more, but they're like I know, like they're like top three in World Cup championships, like right. in trophies. So which is just absolutely insane. It is crazy. There's a fun story. 2006, I think it was Italy and France were in the final. Are you guys following? Is that correct? I'm pretty sure it's 2006 if I remember my FIFA game correctly and the headbutt. So that game, that final fun story, I was like a young kid. I was probably eight years old. We were playing, or we were at the Atlanta Braves game, running the bases on Sunday after the game. I made a huge poster with my brother. It's like, go Braves, like whatever. And they had the World Cup final on in PKs. And my sister and older brother were watching it together. The Braves like staff member turned off the TV during those penalty shootouts. My sister got so upset. She like started screaming at him, ripped our poster and when me and my middle brother came back, we like saw it like ripped up. We're like, what did you do? Like totally crying because of our poster. He was upset about the soccer game. And I think now as an older adult thinking like, you know, I probably would have had the same reaction as her if they were in PKs of the World Cup final yeah. and that thing happened. But yeah. fun side note, um, two more games. Um, Gareth Bale, that sweet left foot strikes again. That might honestly one of the best free kicks I've ever seen in my entire life. That top one was bins. unreal. Top bins. <laughs> Mad Tekas. Yeah. Dude, he has the best left foot I've ever seen. I mean, unreal. It's, and he's not even playing for Real Madrid. <laughs> he can't make the reserves. He's, oh my God. <laughs> hey, it's always what, what been is it? Wales, golf, Wales, Madrid. Golf, Madrid, yeah. And even then, I still think it's Wales, golf, Tottenham, Madrid. I think Tottenham's still in front of Madrid <laughs> at this point, honestly. I believe that. He came out and talked some, uh, he had some criticisms for some um, Real Madrid um, writers, which yeah. I think is, is totally fair. They're ridiculous. So, uh. Yeah, they are poisonous and just yeah. evil. They want to come up with any story they can to like get people out or just paint them in a bad picture. Steven, you and I have a shared love for Gareth Bale. Is that his best goal he's ever scored? Or is it does it top that uh, bicycle kick in the final? Uh, no, it doesn't. But it, the whole point about 
Gareth Bale, to him, that's the best goal he's ever scored because um, it's Wales, golf, Madrid in that order. Um, I believe a quote he said after the game, he said, I would run to the ground for this team. Like he is awesome. Wales through and through. So I think, I mean, that bicycle kick was way better. But to Gareth Bale, it's way more important um, getting that goal for his country in Wales. So um, it was it was incredible. His other goal wasn't even like a toss away goal either. Like he also had to put no. some splaz on it and put it on the side of the net. Like that thing was nice as well. He's mm-hmm. so good. He just has that class that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Both I would. Class. Hey, you know, I'm down for round three at Tottenham. I'll say it. I'm. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if, if Conte can find a way for him to be in the lineup, heck, if we have to put him at left wing back again, like the old days. No, I'll you start him at you start him at right wing. <laughs> like I'll take him. Absolutely. Yeah. Find a way. Is, Let's make it happen, please. Antonio, <laughs> the people love you. Make it happen. Bring him back. Daniel Levy, whatever you got to do, you bald man. Make sure Daniel make it happen. Please get Derek back. Um, another big return in the international game. Uh, Christian Eriksen made his uh, return to Denmark with also marking it with a goal. Um, it also was a nice goal. I think it was a little bit. Uh, lower than the top bar, uh, snuck it in, but he's looking good. Um, making it a, a big impact, not only with Brentford, but now back with the national team. A pretty cool story considering, I mean, 10 months ago, the guy was practically dead on the field in front of millions of people. Um, on my wedding day. On your wedding day. Yeah. In the hotel, <laughs> watching this game, and suddenly you just see him drop, and we're freaking out. Like, oh Stephen and God. I, like one of our favorite players – thinking like this dude just died in front of us like on tv <laughs> and this guy has to get married today like do we tell other people do we tell the bride like i think i remember i was like everything like oh my god i gosh. was like guys guys don't tell alexis don't tell but i told her about the about the goal and him coming back onto the field the other day and she said uh well, you know, he almost died on our wedding day i feel like we're like bonded somehow and i'm just like yeah so true yeah, great uh, to see him back on the field, though, with the goal. It, it feels really so is. good to have him back. Um, Portugal also played. I assume we feel pretty good about their chances on qualifying. Um, can North Macedonia kill two Giants? No. No. No, okay. no they're not good. And that's why I'm wearing a uh, Ronaldo 2003 throwback kit because I believe Cristiano will lead them to the, the promised land. They will be making the World Cup and qualifying after beating North Macedonia. I think they play Tuesday, um, so the day that yeah. this comes out. And it's funny because the biggest thing that like Portugal is like asking questions about is if Ronaldo like should start and when you take him off. Like that's like their big thing. Like he didn't score any goals this past game, but when that's your biggest issue of like, okay, well, when do we take on Ronaldo? We can bring him on as a sub and everybody they have behind them is just absolutely insane. Um, so I think they'll be just fine. Yeah. Too much talent. I mean, we said the same thing about Italy, too much talent there, but I don't think there's any way that Macedonia can pull it off twice. So that would just be, I mean, that might be bigger than any of the like college basketball tournament wins. Like even bigger than St. Peter's, even bigger than like UMBC from a couple of years ago when they made the final four, like, there is no way. There is no way. Um, as we always do, we jump from Europe to the big games down to the little guys in the U.S. with the MLS. Uh, not a lot going on because of the international break, but Charlotte did take on Cincinnati at home. Uh, Charlotte had pretty good goal. 
Carol Swiderski had an amazing free kick, caught Alec Khan maybe off guard. I think he saw the ball late, had a pretty poor reaction. Uh, I don't even know if he got a finger on it. He may have, but uh, pretty bad attempted to save it. Really good goal, but there was a bit of a controversy uh, with the team in Charlotte. Which one of you two wants to give a lowdown on what happened with the Charlotte uh, team and what happened with his national team? So, Karol Swiderski, he's a Polish international player. Um, I think he's a DP for Charlotte. Um, yes. You know, two good goals. Uh, I think his name is Ben Bender, also another kid to watch out for that's on Charlotte. He assisted the first goal. But yeah, beautiful free kick. Well, of course it has to be this guy, right? Um, Charlotte denied Swiderski to travel to play for Poland uh, because of a supposed hamstring injury. Which would be a pretty good excuse. Um, right, of course. He's injured. He's, he's, you know, he's healing, whatever. Um, you know, he's supposed to be out for one to two weeks. And this is an official statement that they... On paper. On paper that they released to the Polish um, national team. Well, like we just said, he had a brace. He scored two goals this weekend. Um, they just plain straight up lied. <laughs> In, in the public, just lied to everybody about his injury. Like, they just openly openly lied to it. I mean, like, going from their coach saying that they're screwed to not signing players to a fake in, a ghost injury to not let him go play for his national team. Gosh. Like, Whatever, but they've won two games now. So I guess this, all this is, is a team. This is a team that's above New England and New York right now. Man, that's crazy. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the way we talked about them, we more or less expected them to be like bottom of the table. More or less, should they be winless be. at this point. I mean, like they'll be there with Cincinnati. That's just Miami. so funny that if it was intentional, assuming it's all intentional to keep him around, like. Just so bad on the Charlotte medical side. Like, whatever. I want to hear the conversation that happened. Like, <laughs> do we just lie to them? Do we just, like, send them? Like, uh, it just feels like we're dealing with, like, Dr. Evil or something like that. Just, like, send the text and, <laughs> like, just getting it over with. Like, oh, my gosh. It's so ridiculous. They'll always be baby brother to Atlanta, just like we're the father of Orlando. Mm-hmm. I can see it now. Um, <laughs> but I think we're... Do we get games back this upcoming weekend in MLS? We still have a... I yes, I, I believe games so. I think we have Atlanta United is playing this Saturday against... Uh, who are we playing? I think it's like DC? Oh, yeah, Pretty we're sure. up in DC. Mm-hmm. Should we yeah, go? Yeah, full, full slate of games going on, though. Should we go? Uh, you buy my ticket? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> And then I think Premier League is back as well. So, ah, you know, ten, about 10 games left. Um, it's going to be good. Even less than that, I think. I think it's some teams are down to eight, I think. Wow. So really coming down to crunch time. Mm-hmm. Um, still waiting to see when that Arsenal-Tottenham game is. Waiting for it to be rescheduled. If it's the last game uh, of the season, yeah. that's going to be a huge game. You're going for sure if that's, uh, <laughs> if that's is, I got to figure it out. But I would love to be there. I still have a ticket. I ain't seen get a plane ticket. Just buy the unreal. buy the plane ticket, bro. Don't go to DC <laughs> to watch Atlanta. <laughs> I have to know when the game is, but I'm keeping my eyes peeled for release date. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody, that about wraps things up for today. A bit of a shorter episode. 
Um, not as many things going on. Uh, we maybe glanced over a couple things. Like I know MLB spring training is in full swing. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, our team, looking pretty good. Um, the guys Pujols coming home to St. Louis. That's a headline. Yeah, that'll be really cool. It's his last year. That's mm. exciting. Um, I know I was sad when he left initially. Um, I don't think he should have left. Obviously, you know, the money uh, going to California was a big draw, but he just wasn't the same yeah. when he went to the Angels. So it'll be cool to see him implemented back into that lineup. Now with the DH being a thing in the National League, it's cool to see him go home to St. Louis. Obviously, he'll get a hero's home, like, welcome. Um, but, yeah, spring training, um, Freddie Freeman hit a home run with the Dodgers in, like, his second game or something like that. Yeah. Charlie Morton back on the Are you talking about the first Braves. baseman for the Dodgers? Oh, yeah, that guy, number oh, five. God. Okay. Um, signed a big deal with them. Uh, Charlie Morton went four and two-thirds innings for the Braves this week, hitless. Uh, so that's really good to see after him breaking his leg in the World <laughs> Series and then pitching an inning on that broken leg. Like, that's insane. Um yeah, so obviously women's final four. Women's final four is going on, so we're inching closer to some finals. Opening day is like eight days away, I think now. Um, so so many exciting things happening in sports, but um, we're gonna get all that done. Uh, probably you know maybe Friday or next week we'll talk about all those things going down. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is about wraps things up today on the Bad Fan. Uh, thank you again for tuning in today. Uh, if you enjoyed today's time together, you know, viewing or listening, uh, please give it a thumbs up, whether on YouTube or Spotify. It's free and only take a second of your time. Subscribe if you're not a Bad Fan already. Um, we're trying to get to 100 subs by the early summer, um, so that'd be really great if you haven't done that to do so. Um, if you want to help us get to that point, maybe share. Share with a friend on YouTube or on Instagram. Uh, maybe repost something that we posted like a reel. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, lastly, get involved on Instagram. Get involved on YouTube by commenting. Um, maybe we should start interacting back. That's probably false on me. Reply to y'all's comments. Like them. Uh, we'll get the conversation going. If you want to be involved finding those links, our link tree is in the description below. Um, you can find your way to cross platforms, um, finding what you want to see. Um, but yeah, thanks once again for joining us. All of us here at the Bad Fan Podcast, including Steven and Brandon and myself, hope that you have a great day. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Until then, peace.